Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Imminent consumption. Yeah, I, I, I might be dying of inability uh-huh. to process oxygen. Uh huh. David's, uh, David's lungs are slowly filling up with, I, uh, with phlegm. Yeah, and um, uh, and this is this is how it all ends. But this is this is fine. If there's a way to go out, let's go out. Let's go out doing the only thing we know how to do, <laughs> which is uh, reading other people's work. Yeah, and uh, making a committed effort to getting to that quicker this week because I don't know. You all yelled at me in the comments, and you made me sad. So <laughs> there, there, you've broken me. Fine, I'll just read your shit for you. Be your fucking LibriVox recording, whatever. <laughs> Cry in the corner, um, David. Never uh, angry, Nathan. Oh, we have corrections. We do way. have corrections. That's yes. what I was going to point to. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Time. Okay, so we have corrections, and it's it's some very important ones and some some overhauling ones. So this is a good reminder for as much as Nathan uh, plays me up, just because I, I have a good uh, process and a good job of keeping open resources and listening to what's going on out there, of understanding foreign policy. Uh, that doesn't mean I am the god knowing of all things world. Uh, that oh, if that is any indication of how the rest of this episode is going, we are fucked because that wasn't a sentence you just said. You didn't say a sentence, my good friend. You didn't say a sentence. That's it. <laughs> there it is. Oh, baby, this is good. So anyway, I'm glad you have to edit this. Oh shit. God. So anyway, um, we have some corrections. First off, uh, it is absolutely not pronounced in Jang. Uh, I had. In my in my gathering many sources to get the full story, heard multiple pronunciations, and somebody who knows better, uh, who had actually a, a, a person named Ryan who had created a Twitter account just to send us these corrections. So uh, anybody out there who doesn't have Twitter, we have Gmail. We have yeah. you can just Mark's email us. at gmail.com. You don't have to you don't have to enter the hell site just to come. But talk these to were us. some amazing helpful corrections. So the first one is it's pronounced uh, Xinjiang. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not Tinjang, it's Xinjiang. Uh, the second thing is, uh, that we were talking about the autonomous regions. We were. And, uh, we thought there was what, we thought there was like four or five or six of we them. We thought there were a couple at least. Yeah. Um, and, and we kind of threw out, I was like, I couldn't remember. I think Manchuria is one. It's definitely not one. Definitely not. Uh, so there are five autonomous regions. Uh, the first one is Xinjiang, which is the, the Uyghur autonomous region. Uh, the second one is Inner Mongolia. Yeah, you can't. You got to be careful with the Mongolians. Yeah. And I'm playing Hearts of Iron. You got to you got to keep an eye on the Mongolians. You know, every <laughs> once in a while they come they come roaring down and then they start a civil war or something like that. You don't know. Yeah, you got to no. you got to go. Mon- Inner Mongolia, not Outer Mongolia, to be clear. Yeah. Inner Mongolia. Inner Mongolia. Uh, then you have Tibet, of course. Tibet is an autonomous region. Y- like you know, is it? Yeah. And uh, then, yeah. and then I'm gonna. Just hold hold your hearts while I try to pronounce it. It's uh, uh, Guanzi Shuang. Yeah, Guanzi uh, Shuang. Guanzi Shuang is a, a an autonomous region, uh, which I think is farther south, kind of um, closer to, to Hong Kong and, and Macau. It is hilarious that we that we did get the corrections, but we didn't even we still didn't bother to geographically orient the corrections. Uh, yeah, I didn't think of that until I was already talking. Until you were halfway through the sentence. No, yeah, I, I was having the sentence. I was like, you know what? I should probably I should probably like, actually put this on a map. Shit. I might not even have the wrong you know. Um, I've only <laughs> spent area. the last three weeks of my life <laughs> complaining. <laughs> And arguing about China and the and fucking discords, you know, no big deal. <laughs> that hasn't sapped me of my will to live or anything like that. No, no, no. I mean, people are, are definitely always talking in good faith about. Yeah, China. yeah, China's. Oh, a, yeah, no, it good. definitely, it definitely is. Uh, it's a little farther west. Um, so I was thinking it was down by uh, Guangdong. It, it's uh, to the to the west of Guangdong, so it's farther west than I was assuming. So it's not quite by Hong Kong, but Hong Kong's on the south tip of Guangdong. So. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's. Farther south there. And then you have 
uh, I this first word in this uh, uh, Ningxia uh, Way uh, Autonomous Region, which is uh-huh. uh, um, I, I, and I'm I'm gonna go with Way because I've heard again. This is going to be trouble like the, the Xinjiang versus Tinjang. I've heard we and Wei, but this is the largest Muslim uh, minority ethnicity in China. It's the one that's bigger, larger than the uh, Uyghurs. It's uh, um, ethnically Han Muslims, and they have an autonomous region. Um, and then uh, there's, of course... The, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course, the one that we have to be looking at our reference notes to know because we don't know it. Come on. No, 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 no. And then I'm trying to remember what they, they, they call these other ones. I think it's Special Administrative Regions, SAR. Uh, but that's that's Hong Kong and Macau. Okay. And uh, so the, the Special Administrative Regions have even more autonomy than the autonomous regions. They're the, the um, one country, two systems. So double autonomy. Yeah, double autonomy. There is free. They're the free. <laughs> super, that, autonomy. super autonomy. Super autonomous. The, the anarchists Hong Kong, love this shit. Hong Kong is so ridiculously <laughs> autonomous. It's, it's one of these special <laughs> administrative regions. Uh, the other one is is, is Macau. And uh, yeah. that's the one that's like, I, it, it's it's known for its casinos. known as the Vegas of the um, Vegas of China. Yeah, the Vegas called. of China. Uh, it's west of, of Hong Kong. Of course. The whole the whole south part of, of Guangdong there mm-hmm. is, uh, um, I, I don't know if it's really considered a delta, but it's a lot. It reminds me of like a delta, like New Orleans, or almost a little bit like like Greece, but smashed closer together. It's it's kind of where it like gets a little peninsular, and, and, and there's, there's, there's river inlets and little islands that spur off, and it's kind of on the west part of that. It's on an east coast of a west peninsula there. Okay, so. so why are we talking about this? Oh, uh, because those are those are our corrections. Those are the okay. autonomous regions in China. Okay, there we Did go. Did I lose the, the thread You that lost badly? the thread a little bit. Holy bananas, it, I suck it, at corrections. This yeah. is why Nathan usually does correct. Usually, but I refuse to yeah, this week. Because yeah, because... Uh, I yeah. just didn't feel like it. <laughs> I really just didn't. Honestly, if rain's not giving it to me, I'm not reading. Yeah, and then, and then as far as third world, um, we're not going to get too worried about the use of third world because not only uh, was I not super worried about it from the fact that, that Mao uses it, it, although Nathan was, because I mean, we don't want to be uh, bigoted or insensitive in any way. Uh, but the same Ryan has given us corrections was kind of being insightful in the fact that it was most likely that Fanon was using it in the sense of, you know, the first world was the imperial aligned countries uh, in the Cold War, the second world was the socialist aligned countries, you know, Soviet Union, China, all that. And then the third world was the independent ones. You know, um, even when Mao uses it, it's along the same lines, right? Is is the first world's the the imperialist access uh, access, the the, the uh, second world's the socialist access. And the third world is is really as independent ones, but Mao doesn't present as independence, he presents as the the downtrodden who are still attacked and haven't been decolonized and, and are still the victims of of the first world. Um, and so I, I think that's fine. I, I, so I'm not going to like be too touchy feely with third world and, and Ryan who gave us some very good corrections was very strong about, you know, no, no worries there. Yeah. So, um, also, also in the corrections, um, David doesn't understand metallurgy and that's okay. And if y'all all really want to get that, that hung up on the metallurgy, oh God. um, y- yeah, I don't, I don't know how to help you that much, but, uh, but fine. Gold's not hard. Holy shit. There you okay. go, guys. Gold, not hard. Uh, well, y'all happy? Goes. Fine. I'm going to um, have to research, like, why gold's valuable. Then, I uh, oh, funny. don't go down that hole. There's better things to do with your time. <laughs> um, I know, like, 24 karat super soft. Yeah, I didn't realize gold. it was soft all the way down. All gold soft. Soft all the way wow. down. Um, uh, then you have um, the other thing. And I didn't, I don't think I realized that we did this, but we did. Um, and I think I did specifically. Um, apparently, and I didn't, again, this is just complete ignorance, so it, it, it is 
doesn't make it any better if it if it offended anybody. But for fuck's sake, I didn't. Apparently the, um, apparently there is that that is being used as a uh, like a racial because it's a yellow bear. Mm. Now I didn't. I, that is like Inception level racism because I fucking would not have. Like, See, I, I thought when you're using that, you're using that sarcastically because it was dumb with the use, but I also didn't know it was racist. I, I thought it was I didn't overhype e- on the, oh my god, they banned the, the yeah, Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, which they didn't. They banned, like, that particular thing, but, like, there's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, they banned that particular movie because it had some specific anti-China imperialist lies, yeah. like, shoved into a children's movie. But Winnie the Pooh's wild, widely All marketing. Over a lot, yeah, China. Like, yeah, it's like, not the, like Winnie the, the Pooh is banned as a bullshit narrative. Yeah. And which and is I, why I thought you were using it sarcastically. And I didn't that's realize really you what were, like, it, that's really it was, like, a cool pro-China. I didn't know. I, oh. I, I, again, it's Uncle G or Papa G. Those are the only two. Again, I just thought it was dumb. I didn't think it had any. I thought it was all built around that. But apparently, so again, no one. We've only had one person. One person pointed it out, and uh, and I think it was kind of there was still some question on that. But it's close enough that I want to make it abundantly clear. Uh, and if we haven't made it clear up to this point. We like China. Yeah, <laughs> we support the Chinese as a people. I I do. I, I I would hope that sinophobic is not something we'd get labeled as. But just in case, full disclosure, I will not use that phrase anymore. Just in case. And in less correction-y, but uh, definitely a change news, um, yeah. we we got a logo. A new fancy logo. We, we got a logo that Ooh, we paid someone that wasn't my brother to do, and more, more, it took them more than five minutes, I would assume. No, I know it. <laughs> it was. Um, so we got approached uh, when I, a couple months ago or a month or so ago, I, I put out the, hey, I'm looking at other logos, and you guys did a delightful job of, of throwing just memes upon memes into that thread. But out of that thread... Uh, our good friend, the commissartist, um, reached out, and he does commissions. He's done work with uh, with Pearl's Pod. Um, he's done, uh, and he does really, really good commissions. And we we worked with him to get a new logo, and that should be the logo you should see on this episode and on our Twitter going forward. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you like that and want to support a a comrade who also does really cool fucking art, uh, get out there, get out there and do it. But I think this uh, I think new logo was more reflective of the fact that we uh, do stuff other than read marks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so very very cool. Very happy with it. Um, super happy with his work, and he was I mean super helpful to work with and I'm I just give him all of your all of your communist business. Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely. being said, uh let's get to the book. Let's get to Fanon. Okay. So uh, back to chapter two. The fact is that in guerrilla warfare the struggle no longer concerns the place where you are, but the place where you are going. Each fighter carries his warring country between his bare toes. The National Army of Liberation is not an army which engages once and for all with the enemy. It is rather an army which goes from village to village, falling back on the forest and dancing for joy when the valley below there comes into view. The white column of dust and the enemy column kicks up. That was a weird sentence, but that's it correct. Was, but it, I didn't it, it misread that. No, it, okay. It Okay. The tribes go into action, and the various groups move about, changing their ground. The people of the north move towards the west. The people of the plains go up into the mountains. There is absolutely no strategically privileged position. The enemy thinks he is pursuing us, but we always manage to harry his rear guard, striking back at him at the very moment when he thinks he has annihilated us. From now on, it is we who pursue him. In spite of all his technical advantages and a superior artillery power, the enemy gives the impression that he is floundering and getting bogged down. As for us, we sing. We go on singing. Again, just hyper, should be hyper obvious Vietnam, um, 
yeah, I mean, every war that's going warfare, on in the, so every, every yeah. war that's happening in the Middle East. I mean, yeah. this is. But man, the, that when I read that one in my head, re- reading through the first time, it didn't seem that weird. That was an awkward. Like, it had a little awkward jump in the middle, yeah. but that's you know again, this is just another sentence. <laughs> I felt like I missed a sentence. I looked back, I was like, no, I didn't. No, nope. <laughs> superior numbers don't mean much. You when you can if you yeah. can fight guerrilla war, go from there. Again. Yeah, I mean, and that's something we understand too. Is like something like three percent of the population is is needed to overthrow a uh, superpower. Yeah, they'll have better weapons. They'll have a better trained military, but when you fight guerrilla warfare, it's not only a war of attrition, yeah. uh, which sounds bad because you're the one with lacking resources, but you're also the one used to lacking resources, yes. uh, and you're the one that can hide, and you're the one that 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 has an actual motivation for victory and not just hoping to crush an enemy for greed. Uh, but on top of that, it's not it's not even necessarily uh, a war of of attrition, uh, but it's a war of of connection, right? You know, you, I mean, you're yep. connecting to the ground, you're connecting to the people, you're you're connecting. You know, these are not just an obstacle, right? I mean, people people in your way are not just civilians you need to avoid or or kill as collateral, right? They're the people you're connecting with, and so digging in with them makes a lot of sense. And the enemy just can't do that the same way. They don't have the no. people's trust. No. Meantime, however, the leaders of the rising realize that the various groups must be enlightened. That they must be educated and indoctrinated, and that an army and a central authority must be created. (coughs) The scattering of the nation, which is the manifestation of a nation in arms, needs to be corrected and to become a thing of the past. Those leaders who have fled from the useless political activity of the towns rediscover politics, no longer as a way of lulling people to sleep, nor as a means of mystification, but as the only method of intensifying the struggle and of preparing the people to undertake the governing of their country clearly and lucidly. The leaders of the rebellion come to see that even very large-scale peasant risings need to be controlled and directed into certain channels. Spontaneity, the need of a vanguard, again, themes that keep recurring in the works that we do for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. These leaders are led to renounce the movement insofar as it can be t- termed a peasant revolt and to transform it into a revolutionary war. Um, that, f- that sentence in and of itself um, is kind of... I I mean, I understand the the need for branding it, I guess, a certain way, but these leaders are are led to renounce the movement insofar as it can be turned a peasant revolt and transform it into a revolutionary war. I guess... Uh, yeah, I mean, well, he's saying renounce. He's saying alter it, and 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 he's talking about grabbing the bull by the horns and dragging it with you. Control exactly. your narrative, you know, d- I, d- dictate your terms. I guess. I, I think you're 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 putting too much vocalization in there because of the the word renounce. I am. Um, I, I I wouldn't worry that much about it. I think I think he's really trying to to say, you know, I mean, to 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 table it as just a peasant revolt and to bring it about as all of us we're in this revolution together and let's drive this this correct direction. Makes sense. That is. Discover that the success of the struggle presupposes clear objectives, a a definite methodology, and above all, the need for the mass of the people to realize that their unorganized efforts can only be a temporary dynamic. You can hold out for three days, maybe even for three three months, on the strength of the admixture of sheer resentment contained in the mass of the people. But you won't win a national war. You'll never overthrow the terrible enemy machine, and you won't change human beings if you forget to raise the standard of consciousness of the rank and file. Neither stubborn courage nor fine slogans are enough. That whole paragraph is just really fucking 
I mean, yeah. it hammers everything we talk about. You but, have to drive into the people, yeah. And, and you, ha- you yeah, the, or, or it's just you, you need the masses. It has mm-hmm. to be for the people. So this is not going to be a, you know, when people hear talk of the, when people hear about the vanguard, I think some people get this assumption that it's a very small group of people, and that's the only ones that are allowed to participate. That's not what it is. A vanguard doesn't do shit without the masses. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's something that like Stalin talks about um, in you know what is Leninism is a vanguard yeah. party. You know, it, it has to be from the people. It has to be the people. It can't just be, like, disconnected totally. Did you smash cut what is to be done and Foundations of Leninism into one book called What is Leninism? <laughs> Shit. I meant Foundations <laughs> of Leninism. You did, but you, you did exactly what there, I did. You know what's sad is I think there is a Stalin work called What is Leninism, but that's not the one I was thinking. I was definitely thinking of Foundations of Leninism. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that you just <laughs> made a, ma- a mashup, like a, a girl talk <laughs> tape of, uh, of what is to be done in Foundations <laughs> of Leninism. Which is funny because that's how I lumped them together, too. I consider them one book. Um, but that's fun. Um, but no, that whole thing is just very, it, it very much hammers home, I mean, in one paragraph, the things... One, why you should be hopeful for revolution in in this country, because yeah. again, it it shows what we need to do in a very clear direction. But but again, things that need to happen here. They had a there was a political party um, for this revolution in Algeria yeah. when it was happening, and that that should be anyone listening to this, anyone who's out there organizing. And I, I don't need to tell you because you're doing it, and I'm not. But uh, you know, getting a party, getting a clear defined party together with clear defined goals has to be mm-hmm. the number one focus right now. It is not electing Democrats. It's not electing DSA people. That That is that is good from a harm reduction standpoint if they want to go ahead and do it, but it sure as shit shouldn't be like your prime... If your primary goal is, I'm going to get Bernie Sanders elected, you're, you're, we're, we're small picture, small picture. Again, yeah, and on, honestly, you know, I mean, a much better way, because people elected uh, Ocasio-Cortez... Uh, to, to combat ICE, and the first thing she did was was sign off to raise ICE's funds without even getting, like, not even for a concession. That was nope. just, that was the only thing about that bill, and the only reason to do it is to fund ICE. Yep. That was the first thing she did on office. Yep. So you're going to get a lot more, even out of the harm reduction stuff, putting pressure on as a people. So yep. we need to worry about getting a party together and driving pressure, and, and that party should intertwine with the, the, the movements and the organizations that are already going the directions we want. You know, yep. I mean, that party should be working hand hand in hand with things like the movement for black lives. Yep. You know, it's it's not something that's got to be like separate and, and sneering down on that. You no. know, it's, no, it's, it's got to be something that, that's got to totally connect at the heart. With sort of that. like a big sort of like a big tent is what you're saying. You want a Shut big tent. Up. I'm, I'm going to kick you in the face. You're not. You don't have the energy. <sighs> I don't have the energy. I can't breathe enough. I know. Moreover, as it develops, the war of liberation can be counted upon to strike a decisive blow at the faith of the leaders. The enemy, in fact, changes his tactics. At opportune moments, he combines his policy of brutal repression with spectacular gestures of friendship. Maneuvers calculated to sow division and psychological action, in quotation marks. Again, mm-hmm. he's the psychologist he should know. Here and there, he tries with success to revive tribal feuds using agents provocateur, you know, Russian bots, and practicing what oh, might God. be called counter-subversion. <laughs> Colonialism will use two types of natives to gain its end, and the first of these are the traditional collaborators, chiefs, cades, and witch doctors. The mass of the peasantry is steeped, as we have seen, in changeless, ever-recurring life without incident, and they continue to revere their religious leaders who are descended from ancient families. The tribe follows as one man, the way marked out for it by by its traditional chief. Colonialism secures for itself the services of these confidential agents by pensioning them off at ransom price. Colonialism will find, in the lumpen proletariat, a considerable space for maneuvering. For this reason, any movement for freedom ought to give its fullest attention to this lumpen proletariat. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. The peasant masses will 
always answer the call to rebellion. But if the rebellion's leaders think it will be able to develop without taking the masses into consideration, the lumpen proletariat will throw itself into the battle and will take part in the conflict, but this time on the side of the oppressor. And the oppressor, who never loses a chance of setting the big N, big N word against each other, will be extremely skillful using that ignorance and incomprehension, which are the weaknesses of the lumpen proletariat. If this available reserve of human effort is not immediately organized by the forces of rebellion, it will find itself fighting as hired soldiers side by side with the colonial troops. In Algeria, it is the lumpen proletariat which furnished the Harkis and the Mesolites. In Angola, it supplied the road openers who nowadays precede the Portuguese armed columns in the Congo. We find once more the lumpen proletariat in regional manifestations in Kasai and Katanga, while at Leopoldville, the Congo's enemies made use of it to organize spontaneous, quote-unquote, mass meetings against Lumumba. Yeah, and that's that's kind of important because this is an idea where, and we talked about this way back in Capital, right? When oh, you're, shit. When you're desperate and you're desperate and you're desperate and you're head down, you're just not going to be able, you're going to know all the facts, right? Like the theory clicks with the most downtrodden because it tells you stuff you already know. You just never thought of it in that way, but you're never going to think of it in that way if you're just going through the daily grind. So the most downtrodden are going to go through the daily grind and there's got to be a lot of room for reaction. And that's where you see like, you know, again, I mean, as people get wealthier and as people get more property owning, more suburban, they're going to be more fascist. So the idea of like pointing, you know, to the poor rural masses and saying, there's all the fascists is 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 dumb shit. Dumb. But we know, we goddamn know that there are broke ass white supremacists, like, you know, super fascist KKK guys that will do like the skull everything. And and they're gonna be the first ones uh to, to happily just run in and, and pull the trigger on principle of whiteness. Uh, for fascism any day of the week. You know, it, it, it's not much different other places, too. Even beyond that, I think that's I think that's a, a – I think that's even more specific than what Fanon's going for mm-hmm. here because this is just the, the entire lump in proletariat. When you, when you start a civil war, yeah. which is exactly what any – if you're going to overthrow that's what a revolution capital, is going to be. Yeah. every revolution is going to start as a civil war in some way or another. If you're going to start a civil war, you're going to upend – everybody's way of life at, at its core. You're going to have to do yeah. that. The lump of proletariat are included in that. Whether you, whether you're the one speaking to them or giving them, giving them direction or giving them hope or giving them a vision or the ruling class is the one speaking to them, because that's the thing. Once the ruling class get pushed up against the wall like that, they will absolutely, they will give everything to everyone. And the one thing that we learn about in, Oh, and they, they have a lot of stuff to give that you don't too. Exactly. They have a lot. And it was again, back to my favorite Fred Hampton, uh, uh, four minute speech. If you have not educated people or, or mm-hmm. at the ver- if you're not, if you're not telling people why it is you're doing what you're doing and why it is they should be on your side. And if you're not explicitly meeting their material conditions, you've got to fucking believe that the capital they're, they're going to be they're They're going to go to the person that gives them Something. Yeah. Safety, comfort, a safe haven from a fucking revolution that's going on. Uh, and if we're, if you're not way ahead of the capitalists, you've yeah. got to be – you can't just, like, start at that time. That has to be baked into your movement. Yeah. Because otherwise, again, the capitalists can outspend you. They can bribe – they can outbribe you. They can give someone – they can give people anything they need to, to survive the onslaught, as it were. Mm-hmm. So if these people aren't ideologically – committed to your cause, you're 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 going to lose them and you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's easy to look down at a sellout, but people gotta eat. 
You know, yeah. um, it's one thing like if you're comfortable and you sell out to be more comfortable and, and you know, fuck you. Right. I mean, burn in hell. But if you're selling out to not starve, that sucks. That's bullshit. But if you have no political motivation and you're trying not to starve, I mean, don't. That's <laughs> a little hard to judge, you know. Yeah, very um, hard to judge. You know, and and, and uh, on top of that, a little bit. Uh, think about the way people are educated, right? I mean, you you grow up, you're think how jingoistic we are. We salute the troops, clap, we pledge allegiance to the flag, and you know how important it is to push back on that, right? Yep. Well, let's say civil war breaks out tomorrow, and we haven't educated the masses, uh, and some broke ass person, they know like they have one cousin that's a that's a troop that they've been buddies with and they've learned their whole life that that you know when someone says you hate america they feel like it's them even though you hate the the government and the settled colonial policy and you want to help them out all the ruling class got to do is say i love the troops and that they hate america and that person's ready to to, to die to kill you even though you're trying to help them yep. you have to politically educate them uh also since of course we're talking about um you know the the global south of the third world is, as fanon puts it since we're you know clearing that hurdle <laughs> um you know some two things one that's heartening to see is in haiti um in haiti right now all these protests uh moise is is in a heap of shit and you can hear the people chanting and they're chanting they they don't just care about moise they're Moise is in the way, right? He's not their concern. He's a U.S. puppet guy. They want the U.S. that is the puppet master to get the grubby paws off of Haiti. They know who the enemy is. They know if they get rid of Moise and the next person's just, you know, a U.S. puppet, what the fuck did that do, right? Um, And you've just got to really hope that there's enough people that aren't going to fall for it because there is full on – the CIA in in Lebanon is already jumping in and and at that point – the fact that the protest started is valid against IMF austerity, which there there was already you know pushback that 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 zapped that and good, and then the people were like, well, that's not good enough. You're just going to turn around and do something else again. Fine, fair. But uh, Nasrallah, uh, who's the the leader of, of Hezbollah, uh, well, he's he's one of the two. There's a transitional leadership going on for the last couple of years there. But uh, Nasrallah has been the primary leader for a long time. He was commenting. He was like, look, you know. We're with the people. We totally side with the people. Uh, here's the problem. There's already agent provocateurs all over in these protests. Yeah. And it's it, and we can't have Hariri, you know, uh, um, step out of office. And then and basically, and it's heavily rumored that he was pushed by uh, Saudi Arabia to do this. Uh, Hariri uh, resigned. I think I pronounced it better the second time. Uh, resigned. Um, which is really bad, really bad. There's a shit ton of instability. And it's pretty clear that the U.S. has already seized... Uh, so they sent the IMF in to, to create austerity measures to push their policy. And then as soon as they get pushed back, they're already seizing it to crash uh, the power with the people that Hezbollah has. Uh, because Lebanon, uh, both between you know housing Hezbollah and being a, a huge target for Israel in the region, yeah. is something the U.S. wants to topple. At this point, these, these totally valid protests, the validity of protests, which was accomplished... Yeah, not you know maybe not as well as the people wanted, and good for them to push more, but it's accomplished. That that's over, that's gone. This is full on UN interference. There's a, a known CIA agent who I think is a professor at Yale. Uh, his name is I can't remember it. Robert Gallagher. Uh, he was out there smashing he, watermelons. Just God took it, taking a sledgehammer, just going to town. Shut up. Uh, this but, is Gallagher three. We're on now, guys. <laughs> Gallagher three. Uh, anyway. Uh, he's he was in what's known as the egg is is a big public speaking uh, platform, uh, and he was in there like 
making these quote-unquote anti-capitalists. He was even using the word anti-capitalist speeches. Known CIA agent. So you know they're really trying to rope people in. And so there is some scary shit going on there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, be, be very, very diligent uh, against this U.S. interference. Um, at this point, you know, the protests have been hijacked. Um, and, and you need to be very, very concerned for the fact that the U.S. is trying. This is the first time I, I can remember. They've done a lot of color revolutions uh, with um, decolonial governments where they take protests, they either create protests that aren't super valid like this Hong Kong one, or they take, you know, valid protests uh, like they did in Syria. And the validity doesn't matter, you know, a week or two in. Uh, and they do different strategies where they try to, you know, hike the people on their side. Uh, sometimes they send in, you know, foreign snipers like they did in Ukraine and Yugoslavia to snipe protesters and then blame it on the government. Uh, well, I think they did that in Syria, too. For the, re- for the record, just to, just to give a pause here. All of that, none of that stuff is like tin hatty. Like all of that stuff, yeah, is like known. Is known. So again, when we when we build these, when when we implicitly and 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 just whip snap come out and we'll say basically any as soon as as soon as you can see what angle the U.S. is taking on a protest, yeah, as soon as you go. That they're they're sponsoring it. it. That's because there's a track record at this point. Yeah, there's a very clear, a very uh, uh, obvious track record <coughs> going back to go, going back to the color wars. Yeah, uh, the color revolutions and all that. And and this is all like de- it's it's a Cointel Pro known out there stuff now. Yeah. And so if you ignore that, again, I, I think yeah you. I mean, first you got to prove to me when the CIA changed. Exactly. You that. <laughs> but more importantly, I think your best because we have people all the time that come to us and go, "Well, what if, if if you are on the fence about stuff like this? If you're in a position where you're like, oh, you don't really know which side. One, if you don't know if you don't know anything about it, probably safe to do what I do and just be quiet and wait until someone tells you. you yeah, know, I mean, you it's okay it. to say, "Hey, I'm I, I'm from the U.S. I don't know enough about yeah, that. Yeah, that's okay. But if you have to take a stance, if you get something like Hong Kong, you get something like that. When in doubt, always go on the side that is not the, the side America's on. It should be really obvious at this point that that's probably the safer tactic to take. Like, yeah. For, for Christ's sake, if, you have to be at the point where if America is backing this thing, I should probably be against it. Yeah. Um, and just flat out. Because if you can point to me uh, to a revolution that America has supported in the last 60 years, 70 years yeah. that that had good intentions or was was not just a complete coup attempt. Um then we have a then we have a you know a room for debate. But at this point oh, there's a whole lot more tally marks on the side of they're absolutely trying to destabilize regimes for strategic reasons than we support freedom. Like the, yeah. we're way past that. Not only is that a whole there's none in the we support we're freedom way side. Way past God. You can't divide Again, by zero. Another another fun one, another fun Hong Kong one. Uh we're past Michael Bay choreographed orchestra pieces now. Yeah. Now the spontaneous people's revolution <coughs> is is making video games about oh, the protests. Oh good. Yeah. They've they've released video games of the protests. Uh and and be, I don't know about you guys, but I I I when I'm in the middle of a, a revolutionary protest for my life, I just have plenty of time to sit down and just knock out a couple uh couple quick uh, Java games. Just just yeah. real quick, real quick and easy. Um so again, I just pay attention. Yeah, and so I, I mean, be very, very fearful for for what's going on in, in Lebanon right now, and fully support Hezbollah because they Every they have had the people's ear, and they have they have led 
gun first to do the people's will for yes. a long, long time a in the entire region, time. especially yeah. in Lebanon where they're from. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, yeah, it's, it's not Tin Hattie. There's a, there's a track record, and we have evidence, you know, over and over. And uh, a good thing to look up um, is uh, Canvas. Canvas is, is an organization uh, that was started from uh, one of the CIA provocateurs, uh, Popovich, I think is his name. Um, but he's one of the ones from the, the 99 go in in Serbia to, to get uh, Milosevic uh, out of power uh, once and for all. And uh, after they crashed Yugoslavia for the last 10 years before that. Yeah, they'll, um, they'll do that. Yeah, they'll do that. They'll do that. <laughs> um, R.I.P.T. And then the other one is Oslo Freedom... It's either Oslo Freedom Foundation or Oslo Freedom School or something. And that's where uh, what's-his-face that's that's leading Hong Kong has been training in since, like, 2013 or 2014. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah, they, they basically, you know, both of those organizations are, they're, they're just fronts for USAID and the NED, which are just fronts for the CIA, you know. Yeah. Also, yeah. Freedom Forum? Freedom Forum, that sounds there like. There it is. Also, Freedom there Forum, yeah. Is. So, uh, check, check those out if you ever want to know. Uh... Who the shady characters are. Yes. And to yeah. save David's uh, precious voice for when he needs to talk about things that he knows more than me about, I will continue reading. Sure. The enemy is aware of ideological weakness, for he analyzes the forces of rebellion and studies more and more carefully the aggregate enemy which makes up colonial people. He is aware of the spiritual instability of certain layers of the population. The enemy discovers the existence side by side with the displaced and well-organized advance of guard of rebellion of a mass of men whose participation is constantly at the mercy of their being for too long accustomed to physiological wretchedness, humiliation, and irresponsibility. The enemy is ready to pay a high price for the services of this mass. He will create spontaneity with bayonets and exemplary floggings. Dollars and Belgian francs pour into the Congo, while in Madagascar, levies against Hova increase, and in Algeria, native recruits who are in fact hostages are enlisted in the French forces. The leaders of the rebellion literally see the nation capsizing. Whole tribes join up as Harkis and, using the modern weapons that they have been given, go on the warpath and invade the territory of the neighboring tribe, which for this occasion has been labeled as nationalist. That unanimity in battle, so fruitful and grandiose in the first days of the rebellion, undergoes a change. National unity crumbles away. The rising is at a decisive turning of the way. Now the political education of the masses is seen to be a historic necessity. That spectacular volunteer movement, which meant to the lead which meant to lead the colonized people to supreme sovereignty at one fell swoop. That certainty, which you had that all portions of the nation would be carried along with you at the same speed and led onward by the same light. That strength which gave you hope, all now are seen in the light of experience to be symptoms of a very great weakness. While the native thought he could pass without transition from the status of a colonized person to that of a self-governing citizen of an independent nation, while he grasped at the mirage of his muscle's own immediacy, he made no real progress along the road to knowledge. His consciousness remained rudimentary. We have seen that the natives enter passionately into the fight, above all if that fight is an armed one. The peasants threw themselves into the rebellion with all the more enthusiasm and that they had never stopped clutching at the way of life which was in practice anti-colonial. From all eternity, by means of manifold tricks and through a system of checks and balances, reminiscent of a conjurer's most successful sleight of hand, the country people had more or less kept their individuality free from colonial impositions. They even believed that colonialism was not the victor. 
the peasant's pride, his hesitation to go into the town and to mingle with the world that the foreigner had built, his perpetual shrinking back at the approach of the agents of colonial administration, all these reactions signified that to the dual world of the settler, he opposed his own duality. Starting to get into like the psychology part of this pride yeah, here, guys. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, remember, Fanon was was that existentialist, but it, it, you know, and he, nah. and he he felt a lot about that that you know the rhythm, the 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 decolonial spirit. But but again, this chapter is very much about spontaneity. When you're lacking political education, yep. you will never be able to to have a manifest revolution work no. out. No, but. You know, you also have to understand part of that spontaneity comes from the fact, and that's the one good of it, that a lot of these nationalist parties were reformers, were aligned with the colonizers. And so this is the people rising up. And so these are the two aspects of the Vanguard Party. It has to drive political education for everyone and and make sure that everyone is armed appropriately and trained appropriately and educated appropriately. And so it has to come from the people who reach out to the masses, but it also has to come from the people and not be disconnected, not be its own little thing, or not only will it not be able to educate the people if it wanted to, as Fanon said early in the chapter, uh, but it also won't serve the people. It, it no. will serve its own own interest, and, and eventually that's got to be some interest between the colonizer or the colonized, and it'll be the colonizers. Every time. Racial feeling as opposed to racial prejudice, and that determination to fight for one's life, which characterizes the natives' reply to oppression, are obviously good enough reasons for joining in the fight. But you do not carry on a war, nor suffer brutal and widespread repression, nor look on while all other members of your family are wiped out in order to make racialism or hatred triumph. Racialism and hatred and resentment, a legitimate desire for revenge, cannot sustain a war of liberation. That's a very interesting sentence there, is that you're not going to get by on just pure vitriol. Like, yeah. You, you have to. Yeah, you can't just get by on, on, on straight up, like, you know, I mean, and notice he says racialism instead of, of racism because it's not racist to be anti-white. It, no. It's racialism, and it's a, it's a just one. It's it's pushing back yes. just like nationalism. But you're not going to get by just on that, right? You you're not going to gonna just, like, go, I hate white people, grab a gun and, and go. You have to understand what what created whiteness and, and what defines it and, and how are you going to make this What system has people. been upholding it forever. Yeah, what system has been upholding it? How are you going to make a system that counteracts it? And how are you going to understand how much transition you need? What is a transition? What is opportunism for the colonizers? How are you going to manifest that transition? All those things take political education. Yes. Those lightning flashes of consciousness which fling the body into stormy paths or which throw it into an almost pathological trance where the face of the other beckons me on to giddiness, where my blood calls for the blood of the other, where by sheer inertia my death calls for the death of the other. That intense emotion of the first few hours falls to pieces if it is left to feed on its own substance. It is true that the never-ending extractions of the colonial forces reintroduce emotional elements into the struggle and give the military fresh motives for hating and new reasons to go off hunting for a settler to shoot. But the leader realizes day in and day out that hatred alone cannot draw up a program. You will only risk the defeat of your own ends if you depend on the enemy, who of course will always manage to commit as many crimes as possible, to widen the gap and to throw the whole people on the side of the rebellion. At all events, we have, as we have noticed, the enemy tries to win the support of certain sectors of the population, of certain districts, and of certain chiefs. As the struggle is carried on, instructions are issued to the settlers and to the police forces. Their behavior takes on a different complexion. It becomes more 
human. They even go as far as to call a native Mr. when they have dealings with him. Attentions and acts of courtesy come to be the rule. The native is, in fact, made to feel that things are changing. Again, uh, illu- think, what thing can they give right. you that costs them nothing but keeps you subdued? Right, right. Look for those little Yeah, I mean, you should should start hearing this and and being like, oh, you know, there was a black president and uh, nothing changed. No. You know, I mean, that that's the kind of and, and think how effective that how frighteningly that effective that the most politically conscious class of people in the United States, if it's not indigenous people, is is absolutely the black population. Oh, yeah. And look and why not? I mean, of course they were, you know, and look how many of them full on committed to Obama because he was a black president when he didn't do anything less white supremacist than freaking no. Bush. No. No, no, it was not great. The native who did not take up arms simply because he was dying of hunger and because he saw his own social forms disintegrating before his eyes, but also because the settler considered him to be an animal and treated him as such, reacts very favorably to such messers. Hatred is disarmed by the psychological windfalls. Technologists and sociologists shed their light on colonialist maneuvers and studies on the various complexes pour forth. The frustration complex, the belligerency complex, and the colonizability complex. The native is promoted. They try to disarm him with their psychology, and of course they throw in a few shillings too. And these miserable methods, this eyewash administered drop by drop, even meet with some success. The native is so starved for anything, anything at all, that will turn him into a human being. Any bone of the humanity flung to him that his hunger is in coercible. That one. And these poor scraps of charity may here and there overwhelm him. His consciousness is so precarious and dim that it is affected by the slightest spark of kindliness. Now is... Now it is that the first great undifferentiated thirst for light is continually threatened by mystification. The violent total demands which lit up the sky now become modest and withdraw into themselves. The springing wolf which wanted to devour everything at sight and the rising gust of wind which has, which was to have brought about a real revolution run the risk of becoming quite unrecognizable if the struggle continues. And continue it does. The native may at any moment let himself be disarmed by some concession or another. They will keep giving you one little inch at a time until they find the one that gets you to give up. Mm-hmm. There's everyone has it. There's that theory that everyone has a breaking point that they won't go past. That there is there's a point oh, where yeah. I can give you enough. All right. Well, all right. Well, is it fifteen dollar minimum wage? They'll get you to shut up. Okay. Well, we'll give you we'll give you fifteen dollars. Or is it is it Oh, is it is it some access to healthcare that'll get you to okay? We'll give you we'll give you some access to healthcare, whatever yeah, the fuck well, that means. I mean, think about around the time of the New Deal, right? I'd rather not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> think of around the time of the New Deal. Think of the Communist Party USA. How powerful it was. How radical it was. How how much it was is growing, and and Harry Haywood's you know leadership within, right? Yep. And then think of the New Deal came out. And all of a sudden, Harry Haywood has a major, major problem with the fact that the party is going to split because all these white members suddenly don't really support this black nationalism radicalization. It's this New Deal is kind of good enough, and maybe we could just you know focus on on the nebulous worker and you know I mean it 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 just has to pick the group of people and and just shave off shave off enough of the blade that it's a blunt strike to the head and it will change their thinking instead of yep. instead of spiting them. 
Yeah, it's, you know, and then bam, they're on board. And and don't for a second think that that's not what's going to happen if Bernie Sanders gets elected. One hundred percent. Do not for a second think that that Bernie. Which, which again, you know, makes we talk about this. If Bernie Sanders gets elected. Great for harm reduction, but you have to make sure I mean, people are politically educated. Possibly people, great for harm reduction. Possibly. I mean, we don't even have a guarantee that it's great True, for harm reduction. True, he might not get shit done. He yeah. could do nothing. He Nancy could go Pelosi, Pelosi and he do could want. He could desperately want it. His own, the Speaker of the <laughs> House right now is saying that his ideas are bullshit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's like, true. He could get you not a damn thing. But And people put way too much on the presidency. But let's say, you know, he does something, right? The difference between... Him being elected, being a setback on the revolution with some possible minor harm reduction and him being a great leap forward in the revolution because of the harm reduction is how politically educated the masses are if that is to happen. Yep. Can they be fooled? Can they be swindled? Yep. And people don't get swindled because they're dumb or or, or they're foolish or, or yep. they just take the first thing dangling in sight. It's because they're not politically educated. And yep. when they're not politically educated, just like Fanon describes here, you throw them the first bone, they're going to feast. Yep. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's just how it is. The discovery of this instability inherent in the native is a frightening experience for the leaders of the rebellion. At first, they are completely bewildered, and then they are made to realize by this new drift of things that explanation is very necessary, and that they must stop the native consciousness from getting bogged down. For the war goes on, and the enemy organizes, reinforces his position, and comes to guess the native strategy. The struggle for national liberation does not consist in spanning the gap at one stride. The drama has to be played out in all its difficulty every day, and the sufferings engendered far outmeasure any endured during the colonial period. Down in the towns, the settlers seem to have changed. Our people are happier. They are respected. Day after day goes by, the native who is taking part in the struggle and the people who ought to go on giving him their help must not waver. They must not imagine that the end is already won. When the real objectives of the fight are shown to them, they must not think that they are impossible to attain. Once again, things must be explained to them. The people must see where they are going and how they are to get there. The war is not a single battle, but rather a series of local engagements. And to tell the truth, none of these are decisive. That is the, I mean, that is the big thing about guerrilla war. I think everyone, Fanon was writing in a, and, and the Algerian revolution, I think, what he's speaking to here is Dien Bien Phu. The mm. concept that there that was the one of the last there was a decisive one battle, war's over. Yeah. That was it. And that's not really how decolonial wars ha- ever happened again. Or, or no, had it happened up to that point? I mean, no. And even look at what happened after, right after Fanon wrote this in, in that region. You know, they defeat France, and then bam, the U.S. is there. Yeah, exactly. You Proxy know, and wars the, and everything. And the U.S. is is destroying Vietnam with so many poisons that that people are affected for two more generations. Uh, the U.S. is is bombing neighboring countries that had nothing to do with it, which puts Pol Pot and the killing fields in power before Vietnam. Uh, you know. Takes him out of power, but of course he's definitely not a U.S. agent and is a communist or do whatever you know. And then the, to the other side, Lao is still because of the bombs the U.S. dropped, just a neighboring country there, the most bombed country in the world. Yeah, you know, I mean, still to this day, like they're de- Russia is 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 working with them on demining at the moment. It is 2019. Yeah, it has been 50 years. Interesting aside that we may uh, go ahead and I'm even putting a, just a bookmark just because we might cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a picture the other day that came out 
of of President Xi. Yeah. Someone uh, I objectively uh, stand for uh, it, critical support. Uh, I think I think he's doing a lot of very very good things. But he it was a picture of him shaking hands and being very chummy with uh, with Henry Kissinger Eesh. and calling Henry Kissinger a great friend of China. Mm. And. And I had a, I got, I got put in a box in. Uh, yeah, on, that's a rough one. I got put in a box online because I am uh, the resident China stan in yeah. that particular, uh, that particular thread, and they just basically went, "What you gonna do about that one?" <laughs> yeah. And again, I can make, I can make the argument, I can do it, but if I mean, because yeah, Kissinger is is wholly is almost. If there is one individual responsible for opening U.S.-China relations, it was probably Henry Kissinger. Right. And that relationship is what has allowed China to become a world superpower. And if I believe in my heart of hearts what I believe, it's that China has been using that to build it up where the foundations of capitalism rest on a socialist country that can then sweep the leg Johnny and remove that yeah. that foundation at any moment. But that's still not a very far... Um, and that's great and all, and Kissinger was responsible for that. But, but he's Henry Kissinger. If you're a president of an ostensibly communist country, how do you take the man, again, almost solely responsible for, for Not for only that, that. In, in Asia. I mean, look at the relationships they have with Laos and Vietnam and stuff. I can't feel good about seeing that. DPRK and all. I mean, it's yeah. a, yeah, I don't understand that. That the to DPRK me, DPRK was before Kissinger. The DPRK was before Kissinger, but I still, I, yeah. Again, I, I'm sure he had something to do with the isolation of. The thing I, I will say there is there's certainly, and we've talked about it before. You know, I mean, the the tar sands project, the fact that that Duterte is getting some of the funding in China's um, um, infrastructure loans, and they're using that for dams, which are ecocidal. Um, China is not. Some perfect force that's yeah. totally thumbing capitalism, unfortunately. And that's why it's critical support. It has its shortcomings. Uh, but as long as the U.S. stands as the unipolar power of the world and China stands as the primary counter to that, China is also doing things where it is undoing imperialism with with most of these infrastructure loans, yeah. including extremely low interest, including driving them to things that actually benefit the country, including forgiving loans when necessary. Yeah, they're, they have, canceling they, they're canceling a lot of them. Um, you know, I mean, China is still operating within a world. And it's one of those things where we talk about a transition and imperfections and, and the reason we want the different autonomies of socialist countries, the reason we don't want like one socialist polar axis and then we do like some kind of weird socialist colonialism that's been made up many times that <laughs> has never actually happened but yeah. we don't want that where everybody's doing their interest. The reason that the Soviet Union eventually fell apart and of course Belarus and them voted to disintegrate it because it got Russia filed under Brezhnev largely and again that even only happened because of Khrushchev's bullshit so I put that on Khrushchev and not on Brezhnev. You know I mean the reason you can't have that is because China is just trying to do what's best for them, and they're doing what's best for the largest population on the planet Earth, and they're doing what's best for the greatest counter against the U.S., and they're doing so many great things environmentally, uh, as within the realm of socialism and within the realm of anti-imperialism, that they have to be critically, they have to be critically supported. But is critically supported, not uncritically. And if Vietnam and Laos are going to happily maintain diplomatic relations with China, not even denouncing 
the pictures of G and Kissinger. Who the fuck are we to denounce it? Understanding that yeah. China is operating within this world. It's it's kind of that. It's almost like the socialist like country version of aha you don't like capitalism but you're using yeah. an iphone i yeah and it, it and that's what it, it it felt like that it's just is one of those things where it's like you just tried. oh yeah no i mean that's not good i'm not gonna exactly. i'm not gonna like that picture. we both yeah we both it's just like because what what the fuck does henry kissinger mean to anyone to anything anymore like fucking tell him to die you old fuck no like, i get i get that I and i'm not saying it's okay that i'm not saying it's it's right that china did this obviously i'm not even saying it's okay that china did this yeah I'm saying that, and I'm not saying it's best to go by these tally marks, you know. I no, mean, no, if no, you're no. someone who's getting mostly, like, if you're an indigenous person in Canada, and what you see of China is the oil sands project, yep. you know Canada and the U.S. and billionaires are more to blame for that than China, and you should be uh, combating them way before you're combating China, but that's all you see of China. If you want to say fuck China, cool. But I'm not going to say fuck China. Goddamn no. 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 And, and I'm going to look at it like a ledger, and the ledger is... Like, the, the, the good on the ledger is voluminous, like, exactly yeah. what we're begging for in the world and trending that direction. And the the bad on the me- ledger is minute and shrinking. Now, it's still really fucking bad, yeah. but it's minute and shrinking, and you can justify everything as, at least I understand the reasoning. So then my next question would be, let's say tomorrow there was a a popular uprising that wasn't supported by the U.S., and I don't think that would even be possible at this point. But <laughs> if, it, but I think I think just to illustrate the point here, because again, there's there's limits to if there if if the mass of China there's there's always a limit, yeah. If the, if mass, the mass of, of China, China rose up and said, "What president? What, what the direction we're going? We don't approve of. We don't yeah. want this. We're going to we're going back to to some form of uh, we're, we're protracted people's warring again," um, and they revolted. We would. I would probably support. The, I would probably go. Okay, yeah. If you want to, if you feel like you're not doing it the right way sure. or you're not on the purest but, path, go for it. But but between the fact of of Western media coverage, the fact of the U.S. interest in that and what that does to Chinese power, I just don't think that could possibly happen. Not only does it not possibly happen, but but the, again, when you understand the U.S. as a unipolar power, as long as that pole is intact, the level. Of, of bad China's government would have to do and the level of people's support and the level of security in that uprising that would have to happen to not be, you know, I mean, just the, 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 the bar would be pretty high that they'd have to leap for me yeah. to support that. And, and it's just not a realistic bar. And I think that, again, that you... So there's no reason. I, of course it's true. I, that should go without saying. It's, well, it's is, true, is there it a realistic bar there? Yeah. And there isn't and that's what and that's what I think it comes down to on the critical I mean again you can uh, you can say that I'm fucking sucking up to capitalism that just calls itself communist and puts on the window dressing I don't really care um fine I mean fuck you could say we're sucking up to capitalism when we support Syria because Syria is not necessarily a socialist country I don't give a shit I'm fighting imperialism yeah yeah at the end of the day I think that kind of takes precedence at this point and then you work your it, way backwards it does I mean and it absolutely should capitalism is a byproduct of colonialism and colonialism recycles as we read in the in imperialism from Lenin as imperialism, as is the new colonialism, and hopefully we get to neo-colonialism and, and discuss the way that happens now. Well, at some point. Where, so, you know, capitalism goes hand-in-hand hand with colonialism. That's why it goes hand-in-hand hand with racism, and, and it's tied at the hip. And so I can't support 
colonialism in the name of anti-capitalism, especially when the ultimate central power in the world is capitalist. Yeah. And there's no counter. And like, it's this out- is not even... Again, yeah, I mean, United, United States during is, the Cold War. United States, we will never be a socialist country, one end. China, fine, call them capitalists disguised as communists, but outright say we want socialism by 2035, and then that's our first milestone before we can go, start working towards com- – I mean, again, they have – Well, a- on top of that, look at the actual material things, right? Yeah. Because it, we're not talking about 1981. Well, but David, there's billionaires. <laughs> David, they have billionaires. Are you aware <laughs> – I mean, look at the poverty reduction. Look at no. I mean, we talk about Hong Kong. But there's Hong Kong was twenty percent of the GDP. Now it's three percent across the way is Shenzhen, which was David, the same one country, two systems. Even though it legally wasn't one country, two systems. I don't know what to tell it's you. It's a full communist system. I don't know. What to, David, they have billionaires. It's not. Real. They've proven they can do this plan in no, Shenzhen. No, it's it's billionaires. They've got billionaires. Uh, they don't win. They, hate, they have they have a lot I of billionaires. Hate, they don't get. I the hate. Win. I hate when you dig at me with the sarcasm, and I don't have enough voice to yell up. Okay. So that being said, this has been your weekly dose of Mark's Madness, guys. Oh, son of um, a bitch. We still didn't finish this chapter. I know. We're going we're gonna to plow through it. We're, oh. we're not going to move. We're going to plow through it. We're going to get there. Um, yes, we're going to finish chapter uh, next time. We should be finishing chapter two. Um, Thank God. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's... In one less episode than chapter one. In, yeah, in one less episode than the, the, the one. Oh, my <laughs> God, man. We're going to be real. Yeah, the pitfalls of national consciousness is the next chapter, right? Yeah, something like that. Okay, as long as we agree that the pitfalls of national consciousness, this is the next chapter, because otherwise yeah. we are. But, yeah, it is. It is. Um, okay, so so we are going to be getting to the uh, end of this chapter. Um, I and please let us know if you want uh, how you want this delivered or what you want more of. Um, I have a I have a curiosity if anyone wants to get us on Twitter. Um, how do you use this? Um, because I have a hypothesis that people use this in a binge where it's like you you you're you're reading the book and you read you wait until like we're done with the whole book and then you do it all at once. Um, so so just just uh, you know I, I might make a Twitter poll I might not just just let me know how this is useful for you if it is because um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to deliver this in a way mm-hmm. that is actually useful to people um, but my, my initial thought was oh let's get up to two episodes a week and then I realized that we might kill ourselves trying to do that um, distinctly um, so so right now that one's on the back burner unless we get a giant ass backlog going um, but until then, just let us know because right now, again, the the, the roadmap forward is is after this one. Uh, if we finish this one before the end of linear time, we're going to do Redskins White Masks. Uh, yes. Hopefully, with a crossover with our friends over at Bands of Turtle Island, who we have not talked to in a little bit, and we should. So yes. We oh make, God. Yes. So that we make sure they still know that we're alive and that we're doing this. Yes. Um. And then after that, we are doing something. Uh. Something in in the the. Maoist China Vietnam Asia we 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 need to get to, we need to get to Asia yes. um because that is our both of our glaring weak spots I think and we need to shore that up um sooner rather than later yes so if anyone has any recommendations on things that you know helped you that you read that helped you when you were going through that part shout out you know send them to us we're more than happy to do it um but then also remember that sometime between now and December um we have to read um Black Bolshevik <laughs> by <laughs> Harry Haywood and that's a very big book um, so we're going to try and get as much of a backlog as possible so that we can get through that as well. So just so you kind of know where, where the content is coming again, we have no Patreon. Um, we're not going to have a Patreon. Um, we don't have a discord because I don't want to manage it and we don't have a discord. If you want to talk to me on discord, go to the dumb and awful discord. Cause that's where I spend like 80% of my time. Um, also if you want to hear me talk about things that are completely unrelated to, uh, Fanon, uh, I was on last week's episode of dumb and awful. Um, and we didn't talk about 
we, we, we talked about other things. I didn't even know you did another episode. You, you absolutely did. I called you about it to talk about it because we were going to talk about oh, military. Oh, that's right. God yeah, damn we did it. it. I had a long week. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's fine. Um, you don't support my outside podcast activities. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. I'll just cry myself. I support you. I know. I know. It, it's, it, was a good, it was a good episode. It was fun. We had, a lot of, we had, a, we had some good discourse, um, but it was not... Uh, it, it, it was definitely dumb discourse to a certain extent. So it was it was a good time, and those those guys are comrades, and they do they do a lot of good shit. And they're the reason that our audio quality should be taking a significant leap forward here, um, in God willing, the not too distant future. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, just it's the same pod time, same pod place. See you next week. Bye. Bye.